0: This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 202, and I'm talking with Courtney DeWalter. Courtney is fresh off her UTMB win, the Ultra Trail du Mont Blanc, this very prestigious race that takes place in France. She is the 2019 champion. Now, Courtney is also the 2018 Western States champion, and if you haven't listened to my first episode with her, head back to episode 137 and check that out because that was fresh off her 2018 win at Western States and in that episode we get a little bit more detailed about her start in ultra running and just a little bit more of a backstory on her life. This episode is much more up to date what's going on now how was UTMB and what she's got going on in the near future. Now Courtney started Western States this year and Unfortunately, had to pull out because of an injury around mile 80. So she was able to turn that around and head over and compete at UTMB and come out as the champion. So very exciting. And in case you don't know much about Courtney, I'll just give you a little bit of a rundown. She is known for loving the 100 plus mile distance. In fact, in 2017, she won outright the Moab 240 endurance run. She's also won the Tahoe 200 endurance run. She was first female in that second overall, though in Moab she was first overall. And yeah, just go to her ultra sign up because you can see her list of accomplishments over there. It's pretty impressive. She's also competing in the 24-hour world championships here in just a few weeks, and we do talk about that as well. All right, so this episode is sponsored by Aftershocks. I am a raving fan of Aftershocks. And if you don't know about them, they are best known for their open ear listening experience. So they're powered by a bone conduction technology. And so you actually just set the headphones around your head. You put them on your, they sit on the outside of your ear so that you can hear your music or your podcast, whatever you're listening to and still be aware of your surroundings. It's genius. I actually have been known for wearing them like everywhere all the time I'll pop them on and I'll be walking to pick my kids up from school take them off and just have them around my neck they're so comfortable you don't even notice that they're there and the sound quality really is amazing so I highly encourage you to check them out if you haven't already done so so learn more and save $50 on aftershocks endurance bundles by visiting another.aftershocks.com you'll use the code another To get $50 off Aftershocks Endurance Bundles. And that's at another.aftershocks.com. I will put the link to that in the show notes at lindseyhine.com. All right, and one more piece of information. Don't forget if you are running the Beyond Monumental Marathon and you're gonna be in Indianapolis that weekend. Saturday, November 9th, I'm doing a live event with Dina Castor and Sally McRae. It's gonna be a really special, fun night of celebration because it's after the race. That's at 5.30 p.m. here in Indianapolis. Head to the show notes, lindseyhine.com and grab yourself a ticket. If you get on the internet, you can just Google Dina Castor Sally McRae Live Show and the Eventbrite page will pop up as well. So I hope to see many of you there. It's turning out to be the makings of a really special night. I do want to let you know that we are going to have a nacho bar. So if you're not going to come for any other reason, come for the nacho bar. We also have central state brewing coming on as the beer sponsor and circle city kombucha coming on as a kombucha sponsor. I don't know about you, but I've never seeked out a kombucha sponsor before. So my only hope right now is that I'm saying the word right. So anyway, all right, friends, grab your tickets. And now enjoy my conversation with Courtney DeWalter. (laughs) Well, let's roll. Let's do it. Today on the podcast, we have a returning guest that I'm super excited to bring on. Welcome to the show, Courtney.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me again.
0: Yeah, this is really fun. You know, last time we talked, you were preparing to do, I believe, the Biggs Backyard Race.
1: Yes, yes. It was last, last year, right? One year ago, basically.
0: Basically, yeah. You were coming off of your Western States win, but then I was looking at your ultra signup results and like, am I crazy or was Tahoe 200 in the middle of that and Biggs?
1: Uh, that's correct. Yeah. You're not crazy. Okay. I might be crazy <laughs> too, but but I'm trying
0: to think like, did we talk about Tahoe or did you throw that in last minute? Because I don't remember that in the
1: conversation. It wasn't last minute, but I don't remember if we spoke about it or not.
0: Yeah, just kind of like brushed over a 200-mile race. No big deal. (laughs) Seems like a missed opportunity to talk about something important. I don't know. (laughs) Well, okay, congratulations on your UTMB win. Thank you. Are you still super pumped?
1: Oh, yeah, super pumped, but... Also, it feels like it's already been a year since mm-hmm. that happened. It, it feels a really long time ago.
0: <laughs> I. It seems like you've had the same sentiments because last year when we talked, it was after Western States. You had won, but I think it was like a full six weeks and you were already back to like training pretty normally how you normally do. And it seemed not so fresh.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of the same right now for uh, UTMB. Just moving forward. Yeah, looking forward to the next thing.
0: Always moving forward. Always Always turning.
1: always trying to move forward.
0: <laughs> always training for something. Um okay, well let's talk about UTMB. Everybody listening, if you haven't listened to the first episode with Courtney on the podcast, go back and listen to that cuz that gives kind of the rundown of, you know, the beginning of the ultra running career and all that. Um but we're going to talk about present stuff today. So, uh, I better not I better not
1: uh Use the same jokes then.
0: I know. I Well, (laughs) and Courtney, as a podcast host, like I listen to you on like every podcast possible. So don't bring old material because I'll remember it all.
1: (laughs) Well, you can call me out on it. Okay. No Uh, problem. I'll let
0: everybody know that if we've heard it before.
1: Um, Yeah. Okay.
0: Old news. Old news. She talks about this all the time. Okay. Western states. Let's start there to UTMB because... Obviously, Western States, if anybody follows the world of ultra running, we all know that you were the one to be at Western States and you had to pull out because of an injury. So can you kind of walk us through the decision to pull out, what the injury was, and we'll just start there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I started Western States. um, That race is at the end of June. It's 100 miles in California. And I uh, was feeling really good. Everything was cruising nicely. The weather was cooperating. My stomach was cooperating. Um, and there were no signs pointing towards disaster, which Mm. maybe that was the problem. (laughs) (laughs) But I got to, um, around mile 67 or 68, I guess, and, um, stopped at an aid station to refill my bottles and my hip just stopped working. Right. Like instantly, basically. Um, so I tried to leave the aid station running like I had come into it and my hip just buckled under me and was shooting pain, um, down my leg. So from there, it was kind of like walking and trying to run and trying to problem solve and trying to keep moving forward. Um, but by the time I hit probably mile, I don't know, 70 something, I uh, wasn't able to run another step of the race, so I walked it to mile 80, and then my crew was there, um, and we kind of had a meeting about the options, and the options seemed to be walk it in the next 20 miles um, or call it and figure out what was going on and start trying to fix the problem and the injury. So we decided just for the sake of like keeping the really big picture in mind to call it and to not make the injury worse by walking it in for 20 miles. Um, yeah, which was a bummer of a decision, but it was also like the reality was that there wasn't really much of a decision to be made. And, uh, yeah.
0: So when you say your team, like (laughs) who are the key players?
1: It was my husband. Um, Uh, our friends John and Melody and then my parents were there and they had been crewing all day and yeah it was so fun to share it with them and Mm. then to have them as a sounding board at mile 80 like here's what's happening here's the options you know let's talk it through Um, because my brain wasn't working super well after 80 miles so it's always nice to have a fresh brain to talk to (laughs)
0: Let's talk some sense into you. Yeah. 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 It's it's crazy to me that you were still so far. Because, like, what – do you remember exactly what
1: mile Claire passed you? Uh, it was about a mile before I dropped. So, I guess, yeah, somewhere between probably 78 and a half and 79 and a half or whatever.
0: It's crazy to me that you were still – like, you had walked that far and you were still in the lead. And what everybody – probably knows that's listening, but if you're new to the show, you might not know that when I talked to Claire after Western States, like she was just bragging on you about how supportive and excited for her you were, even though you were coming to this point in your race where you knew that like it was done.
1: Oh, I was so excited. Well, I mean, then I had the best seat in the house. I had, you know, the front row seat to all the action because my race, it was done, you know, and there was no more Um, Like, I wasn't trying to to fight that reality Mm -hmm. anymore. And so accepting that and then being able to be the person, you know, who's right there getting to cheer these people on and um, see them pushing so hard in this race was really cool. And Claire and, um, I mean, the entire field at the race, but seeing Claire pass by and then the second and third place women pass by as I was at that aid station I dropped at, was really inspiring and really cool.
0: Could you, like, were you in the right mind space to tell that Brittany Peterson was, like, having a killer day and that she was going to be aggressive on the back end there?
1: I knew she was having a killer day. I did not know that she would close it like she did because when Claire went by, she was having a killer day. Yeah. And so there was no, yeah, there were no hints that it was about to be this duel to the finish, which is really exciting for the sport and for women. And, um, yeah, a hundred mile race like that is really cool.
0: Yeah. Tell me what your position would be in that moment, because I've talked to both Claire and Brittany and Brittany's basically like, this is my worst nightmare to have to like duke it out (laughs) in the last seven miles of a hundred mile race. Like where does your, where would your mind go
1: in that kind of moment with seven miles to go? Oh gosh. I don't, it's so hard to predict, but I think In general, my mind usually goes to, like, we're already hurting a little bit, so why not hurt a lot of bits? (laughs) A lot of bits. I love that. Here we are already, so now push it a little bit more, a little bit harder, and uh, see what can happen. But who knows? You know, that's hard to imagine that place you'd be in.
0: Yeah. Cause you're like mile 93. Like I should pretty much know where I'm going to finish, but nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell me this, you, you're such a laid back person. Like if anybody ever listens to interviews with you, I think they can kind of see that's part of your nature. But were you sad when you had to drop?
1: Uh, initially the feeling was just more like a little bit nervous about what was going on. Like I had no idea what was happening in my hip. I hadn't had any injuries. I I was, you know, picturing worst-case scenarios like um, some sort of stress fracture or a bone issue that would, you know, those are usually a much longer process to get healed. And so I think initially I was just thinking, like my mind was racing with what it could be and, like, how do I start writing this wrong? And uh, it wasn't until probably like five days after when I finally got home, um, that I let myself be bummed about it for maybe I gave myself 24 hours to just like, be a little bit sad about how it had played out. And then um, that was it. No more thinking about the past and how it had gone down. But now just looking forward and uh, figuring out how to fix it and then keep it healthy again. Okay, so what exactly was it? It was a soft tissue um, problem, which ends up being a little bit easier to fix than bone. So it was tendons um, and uh, yeah, basically all the tendons and muscles surrounding my hip joint were either overworked or not working at all anymore, which had kind of like triggered this whole episode down my leg.
0: Yeah. At mile 60 of a hundred mile race. Not a good time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, a little inconvenient.
0: <laughs> right. So going into Western States, was it always the plan to do UTMB?
1: Uh the whole summer of racing had kind of gotten tossed tussled, I guess a little bit. Um, so it wasn't necessarily going to be UTMB, but I was for sure going to go out and do one of the races of the UTMB series.
0: Oh, okay. So you might have done like the 100k?
1: Yeah, yeah, I wasn't quite sure.
0: Okay, but you prefer 100 plus.
1: Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's why I was thinking at the end of a race like Western States, if you'd be like, man, like, come on, like, this is supposed to be a long, drawn out process, not a sprint to the finish at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, ugh. Okay, so going into UTMB, what were expectations? This was your first UTMB, correct? Correct. Um and so expectations how were the how was the course you know like a european trail compared to a us trail like give us the deets on that
1: Yeah uh I was really excited to have the opportunity to do UTMB not only because it's a really cool iconic race but also because after western states I wasn't sure if I'd be able to turn it around fast enough to um be able to show up on the start line of mm-hmm. UTMB. So my training in July and August was totally different from any other training that I've ever done. There was very little running and a whole lot of biking and, uh, and then just tons of time with my physical therapist stretching and then in the gym doing like weight stuff, which, I mean, I don't remember if we talked about it last year in the podcast, but I, Basically, I did none of those things before. Mm, so (laughs) Like you never do weights. Not really. I do some core stuff. um, But yeah, I learned a ton of different exercises to help keep all the parts around my hips happy. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I've been doing those a ton. So the training going into UTMB was um, nothing I had done before. And it was just really hard for me then to know where my fitness was. So I wasn't sure going into it how it was going to go, but I knew I wanted to give it everything I had and see if that, you know, played out for a hundred miles or if I just didn't have the fitness to, to run a hundred miles going as hard as I wanted to, but I was, I was going to give it a shot.
0: <laughs> okay. I want to ask you questions about the, the little training piece. Um, okay. First of all, we talked about how you don't get massages or anything, which I remember, which I think is crazy. Do you still not get
1: massages? Well, the massages I get now are when I go to my PT and he digs his elbow into my leg. So I consider those to be pretty good massages. But they're not, like, relaxing ones. Yeah, they're they're like,
0: let's work this out.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, And then I was thinking about you because I – on Tuesdays, I do, like, a Pilates reformer class. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Courtney would think – because I was, like, kind of thinking through the interview during the class. And I was like, I feel like Courtney would just laugh at just the thought of getting on a Pilates machine and spending an hour of her time doing this. It feels so good, though. Yeah, maybe I need to add that in. But, yeah, so – Okay, so now is that kind of like a thing now? Like you're always going to incorporate the weight stuff?
1: I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I think in the long run it um, hopefully will end up paying off and just helping me improve. And so I intend to, yeah, keep it in the routine. And um, I'm still not really in the clear with this injury. And so I find that if I get a little bit lazy and stop doing some of that stuff, like – after UTMB, mostly I just ate croissants for a week straight. <laughs> and and then I was starting to have some issues again with my hip. So I think I don't get to be lazy with it for a while.
0: Yeah. And do you think part of it too, is your body's kind of like, all right, you're 34 now, like you, like, we got to start taking care of this. And, you know, since you started running ultras and what, 2011, 2012, like, is it catching up? And so you just think you need to be pro- more proactive because our bodies can be so like, all right, just do what you want for only for so long, you know?
1: I know. Yeah, it must be. I'm sorry, buddy. I o- old lady, take my ways. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you said you spent a ton of time on the bike and for anybody who has followed Courtney, I, I love how you talk about your training. Um, and on a much smaller scale, I view my running and training the same way. Like I, I never really have a set plan. I just like listen to my body. And if if it feels like a day where I can get out and do 15 or 17 miles, which for you is, you know, probably more like a 30 mile run or something, I do it. But if it doesn't really feel right, I'll just step back that week or whatever. So I appreciate that. Are you still, like, are you self-coached still? And are you just kind of like, I listen to my body. I know what I can handle. I know what, when I need to press, when I need to pull back.
1: Yes. Um, Yeah, still definitely trying to tune in. This past summer when I was gearing up to um, try to get to that start line of UTMB, I, I had great guidance from my physical therapist on basically just, like, what, I was green lighted to try and um, I needed a little bit more of their help then some outside perspective because I, I just wasn't sure, you know, what was the thing that would trigger it or what was too much or how could I like straddle the line of preparing for UTMB, which is a really tough 100 mile race and also keeping my hip healthy so that I could run even on it. So I had some guidance getting uh reset but still just listening to my body and uh yeah trying to pay attention to to when I can put the gas down a little bit more
0: So did when you say you biked a lot like did you take actual weeks off with no
1: running I was um able to run so yeah the first couple weeks I couldn't run at all and then um I was able to run every other day for the next couple weeks So on those days where I wasn't running, I was trying to get on the bike. Hey
0: everybody, I'm going to jump in real quick and thank one of my favorite sponsors of this podcast and that is Lily Trotters. This is my favorite compression sock. It is functional, it's fashionable, and you all need to try them out. You can treat yourself or treat one of your best running friends to a pair of Lily Trotters compression socks. I think it's a really fun gift idea for someone you may know running a marathon this fall. Uh, The cool thing about Lily Trotters, and I think this is so cool with the partnership that I've created with them and then also one of the other organizations I've worked with is the Donna Foundation. So Lily Trotters paid attention to the fundraising effort that I did last year when we raised, we, I say we, because so many of you listening donated, we raised, I think it was $11,000. It was well over 10,000, which was the goal. They took note of that fundraising effort and they paid attention to what the Donna Foundation does. And for the entire month of October, they will be donating 15% of all pink sales to the Donna Foundation. I love that. I am so honored that Lily Trotters has thought of the Donna Foundation specifically to donate that 15% too. So you can be a part of their Pink Power campaign and the styles that are included in that campaign are highlighted on their site now. Uh, grab yourself a pair and 15% of that will be donated to the Donna Foundation. And yes, if anybody's curious, I will be back at the Donna Marathon this February. So you all should be there too. Mark it on your calendars and then go grab yourself a pair of Lily Trotter socks. Go to lilytrotters.com and use the code another for 20% off your order. All right, friends. And don't forget, I do have a Patreon page where you can find bonus episodes over there with returning guests. And also, once a month, I record an episode with my husband, Glenn. That's patreon.com slash Lindsay All right, let's enjoy the rest of my conversation with Courtney DeWalter. Okay, so we get to UTMB. Let, yeah, let's go from let's go from there. <laughs> we did it. We made it to the start line. We have. We're mostly excited about the opportunity to be there, but do you have any expectations about outcomes?
1: No expectations about outcomes, but expectations that I would race it like I was back to hundred mm-hmm. percent, and uh, I would just see if I could hold on. So, I, I didn't want to be like really timid about racing. I wanted to go all in on it.
0: Yeah, like I'm Courtney DeWalter. I'm doing what I do, like no. I'm not thinking about the hip.
1: <laughs> yeah, more that, like not, you know, being really scared about my hip yeah. blowing up during it, but just like pretending that wasn't going to be an issue and hoping that that worked out in my favor. <laughs>
0: You ultra runners are just too humble. You just couldn't handle the Courtney DeWalter thing. You're like, no, I don't think like that. Don't uh, drop my name. Like <laughs> but tell me this. Cause I heard you talking with Megan on, on I run far and you talked about like some really like deep pit moments in the race. Let's talk about persevering through those and how you do that.
1: Uh, it went South. It went really far South around mile 70 and just never, I never came out the other side of the dark patch. So it was a world of hurt for 30 miles there at the end. Were you
0: you getting updates on how close people were behind you?
1: Uh, Occasionally, but um, I don't know. I don't, not like that. I don't trust people, but sometimes people's information is a little bit messed up or sometimes the tracking isn't quite right so I don't put very much weight on like numbers that get thrown at me necessarily
0: so are you just like I'm gonna work as hard as I can to get to the finish line as fast as I can regardless of what's going on behind me
1: yeah that was the hope and and basically just kept assuming that people were closing because mm. it I was a train wreck at the end there <laughs> like I mean it was it was ugly but um Yeah, basically, it was like, keep moving forward. And, and you've already gone this far. So just finish it up and make it hurt. Yeah. And it hurt a lot. Yeah.
0: Do you think it's the worst you've ever hurt?
1: (laughs) Uh, I don't know, because this was like, just a general body fatigue hurt. Mm -hmm. Like, my whole body was just out of energy. And I don't know if it was um, the lack of, you know, running training that I had done or, or mountain running that I had been able to do between, uh, Western States and UTMB, or just like I paced it incorrectly and it ended up blowing up in my face. I don't know which of those, but I was just out of gas. Like there was nothing left. And so moving without gasoline is pretty difficult.
0: Yeah talk about the crowd support and also for those here in America who like follow Western States, but don't know a lot about UTMB. What are the big differences? I know there's a lot of them.
1: Yeah. UTMB is super mountainous. So in a hundred miles, it was 33,000 feet of climbing, Mm. which is quite a lot. Um, And it's pretty steep climbing. Like when we in the US put like five switchbacks they just go straight it seems Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah but it's like this really blown up atmosphere of trail running for the whole week in Chamonix which is right at the base of Mont Blanc in France and uh there's races going on all week there's just crowds of people supporting all the races and racers um so it was really cool to take part in a different sort of ultra that's um, a little more hyped up than a lot of them tend to be.
0: Did you feel like you had, there was just as much excitement about you being the first female to come in if you weren't an American or if you were, do you think that was like still exciting to the crowd?
1: I don't know. It was, <laughs> I, <laughs> they were very, very kind um, as <laughs> I came back into town. So I, yeah, I thought it was great. <laughs> was your
0: husband and your parents, like, did you have the same team with you?
1: Um, uh, minus my parents. So my husband and then our two friends were there crewing.
0: Okay. So it seems like, and I could be wrong, but it seems like this is a tough race for an American to win. So how, like, what, why is that? Do you know?
1: I don't know. Um, I mean, it's a hundred mile race. It's, it's in the Alps, it's in Europe, you know, so already a hundred miles there's a lot of factors and then for it to be a mountain hundred mile race that adds more variables. Um, so I think in general, just hundred mile races are, are difficult to predict. And this one attracts a really stacked and deep field every year. Usually.
0: Yeah. Did you get to watch any of the other like races that weekend? I don't know what this timeline schedule is.
1: Uh, no, not really. People are kind of finishing all week long from different races, but um, a lot of them start somewhere else and just end up finishing in that same town.
0: Okay, so can you tell us, <laughs> <laughs> is there, like Western States, UTMB, like is there one that's more important in your, like, I don't know, just like things you've accomplished or are they totally different playing fields or what?
1: Uh no, I mean they're both really cool and great experiences, and um, hopefully having experienced both of them can help me just grow and get a little bit better.
0: Do you have a like vision to do like double them and win them both in one year?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody ever done that? Um, I don't. I'm not sure if. Like Nikki Kimball has won both Western States and UTMB, but I'm not sure if it was the same year or not. It might have been the same year, which is really cool.
0: Yeah, that's a close turnaround.
1: Yeah, I'd have to fact check that. You'll you'll have to fact check that.
0: Well, okay. <laughs> I should be fact checking a lot. Have you ever listened to, da- <laughs> to Dax, uh, Dax Shepherd's podcast, Armchair
1: Expert? No, I haven't.
0: Okay. Well, at the end of all of his episodes, he has this assistant Monica and they do a fact check and I've oftentimes thought I should do that. It would be quite embarrassing.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Like I don't have, like, I'm not Googling things as we talk.
1: Yeah, that's good.
0: Okay. So (laughs) big deal. Congratulations on that. But now you're already looking to the 24 hour world championships. Like it's in what? Four weeks.
1: Yeah, it's really soon.
0: Okay, so how (laughs) are we recovering? What's going
1: on? Uh, Great, yeah. I um, tried to turn around the recovery in like two and a half weeks of really, really taking it easy, and um, I've been trying to start building back up here in the past couple weeks and have a few more to go, so we'll see what happens.
0: Well, you said you ate a bunch of croissants for a week straight. Did you, like, did you take a whole week off
1: running? I did, yeah. And I'm not joking. It was a lot of croissants.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so, like, did you stay over in France for an entire week? Uh, No. You you smuggled croissants home? Yeah.
1: Filled my pockets.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Tell me this. I think when we talked last year, you were just, like, coming off, starting to be full-time, like not having another job. How's that transition been? Like, how has your life changed now that you're fully focused on running, being
1: your sole career?
0: And maybe maybe it had been a little bit longer than I'm thinking, but I feel like it was pretty fresh last year.
1: Yeah, it's now – it's been two years of um, kind of putting all my eggs in this basket to see what's possible, and it's been – a really fun process and um have been able to focus more and get more training in and um yeah hoping to keep riding this ride as long as it lasts. My husband and I are having a great time just having a little more flexibility in our in our schedules. Yeah,
0: tell me about his schedule. Like what does he do?
1: He's a software engineer. Okay. Um yeah, but thankfully can kind of flex his hours around, so he has been able to travel with me to quite a few races this year and um, kind of use it as a way for us to see the world together and also then to do this racing thing and have him have a job so we can pay the electric bill. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's so awesome that he gets to go with you because it would just be, I don't know, I would i would want him to come with me too.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's for, really fun.
0: For sure you run like, I don't know, three hours a day, whatever. You run a lot. You're, get, <laughs> you're getting physical therapy. You're lifting weights now, but you've told me in the past that you're like, you don't overthink rest. You know, you're kind of like, li- just live in your life. You're not like, Oh, I need to go rest for two hours during the day. So tell us what you're doing. What else you're doing during the day?
1: Uh, yeah, all of those things. Now I'm trying to incorporate biking still into my schedule just as a way to take the, um, heat off my hip a little bit occasionally. And, uh, yeah, getting to chat on, on Skype with you. <laughs> what else?
0: Yeah. Yes. This is true. And, and Courtney is like the most timely guest too. It's we're scheduled for two and at one fifty nine she was ready to go, which usually there's like a five minute kind of time where people are running late or you have to fix something on your computer. You've got it down
1: maybe it's a Minnesota thing, just promptness.
0: Well, and you've been, you've been on a lot of podcasts, so you you have this thing down, you know how to log on to Skype.
1: I haven't forgotten my password yet.
0: Yeah. I always (laughs) just cross my fingers that it never logs me out because I'm always resetting a password every day. I'm resetting a password for something.
1: It's, it's so mean too, because then they'll be like, no, you've already used that one in the last two years. I'm like, like, well, I'm out of passwords. (laughs) Yes, I have like five
0: stored in my brain.
1: This is why I keep forgetting it. <laughs>
0: this is why anybody could steal my identity. It's like my garage code, my alarm on my house, like my bank password. It's all the same. Everything.
1: Just kidding. Wait, you, need to, you need to bleep that out of I know. this.
0: No, no, no. I know. <laughs> I'm not in charge of all that stuff. Who, who are we kidding? My husband does all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So how long do you think you can keep it up? Running? Yeah, like winning races like UTMB.
1: Oh, gosh, I don't know. I, I don't want to jinx it. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's uh, not going to last forever. And so while um, it's something that my body can do and that I find really enjoyable, I'm going to uh, keep doing it as much as possible and, and see what I can get out of myself here in the next couple of years.
0: Do you ever think about when you toe the line with a group of, of women, like, you know, the fact that some of them are so young, like, is this competition any different just because I'm saying this because we're seeing so many younger runners jump into ultras where it used to be like, you know, so many women and men in their thirties just getting started.
1: Yeah, there are a ton of young runners. Um, I don't, I mean, I get, I, uh, I don't know if I like give that any more thought than I do to the experienced runners who Mm -hmm. um, have done a certain course, you know, five or six times and know the ins and outs of it. I think everyone, whether you've got a lot of experience or very little, or you're a climber or a runner, you can bring something pretty cool to a race. So it's fun to put them all in one on one starting line.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay. 24 hour world championships. Again, we're back to that because we kind of got sidetracked a little bit. Yeah, sorry
1: about that. Passwords.
0: (laughs) Passwords and me asking you what you do other than run. Um, (laughs) So give everybody the rundown. Where it's at, Camille Herron's on the team too, right? That's correct, yeah. Okay, six people on the team.
1: Yep, so it's the uh, world championships for 24 hours. 24-hour races are um, usually held on really short flat loops. And the goal of a 24 hour race is to run as far as you can. So as many loops as possible in those 24 hours. So the largest distance wins. And uh, we are bringing a team of six US women and six US men uh, to compete against some of the best countries and, and runners from all of, all over the world for 24 hour running. So it should be really cool. Camille, is she still the world champion? She is still the world record holder for 24 hours. Okay. Um, But she set last December. And we have Katie Nagy, who um, has held the American record in previous years at different points. Gina Slaby and Pam Prophet-Smith were both on the last uh, U.S. 24-hour team. And then Megan Alvarado. And myself, and that's our six women.
0: How does one keep track of this? Do you guys have like a, is there a clock that ticks on laps? And when, as you're like passing each other, do you kind of have an idea of how far ahead of somebody you are?
1: Uh, it gets kind of jumbled eventually. Yeah. Like people are just all over the loop. So the one for the course um, this year is, it's being held in LB France and it's a 1500 meter road loop so at like it won't take very long for the field to get just spread out all over that loop and then for passing to be happening in all sorts of ways um but basically you kind of like I guess pick a distance that you think is pushing yourself and but still attainable and Uh, you lock into that pace and see how long you can hold it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like people um, will blow up at different points and rally at different points. So oftentimes you can get different updates on the field, but um, maybe you don't put much weight into it until the last six hours or something.
0: Okay. Oh my goodness. Okay. Do you sit down at all? (laughs) Like
1: change your shoes? Not if you can help it. Okay. Okay. Um, every every second ends up being helpful to gaining more distance. What's
0: your husband's name? Kevin. Kevin. Is he going to come?
1: Yeah, he'll be there. Okay.
0: Uh, what are you fueling with? Is any different than any of the trail
1: races? Nope. Same stuff. So I'll be using Tailwind, Honey Stinger, and Mashed Potatoes. Mashed Potatoes. <laughs>
0: I feel like I would start thinking about want like eating some of those mashed potatoes at like mile 3.
1: Yeah, I mean start incorporating them early. Super <laughs>
0: super salty?
1: Uh, we try. We've tried super salty and sometimes it messes with my stomach. So we just usually go plain instant mashed potatoes made with water.
0: Instant mashed potatoes, you don't do the
1: real deal. No, girl, not fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just something easy to travel with anywhere, yeah. and uh, then and we load them digest, into these. Yeah. yeah, we load them into these reusable baby food pouches, and so um, I can just like have the pouch while I'm running and be slurping on some mashed mm. potatoes.
0: Is it still in the like red box with like the flakes?
1: Uh, I'm sure that kind <laughs> is still available. I don't. That's not the kind we tend to buy, but. It's probably just as delicious.
0: But it's flakes and you mix it with water,
1: right? Yeah, basically. Okay. This one I think is a powder sometimes.
0: Okay. This was the first like meal I ever learned how to cook by myself when I feel like when I was like eight, (laughs) instant mashed potatoes.
1: (laughs) That's solid. Yeah.
0: You got to get that consistency right though.
1: Yeah, you really do.
0: Okay. Well, this is exciting. You're doing that. Nothing, nothing before that.
1: Nothing before that. Nope. We're just. Just getting ready,
0: okay, and then is that like I'm gonna like stop for a minute
1: or no? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't decided yet. Uh, there's still there's still a couple months left in the year, so probably I'll see how the twenty four hour goes and how the recovery goes, and then maybe uh, add in a November or December race if I feel good.
0: Is there ever a time where you want to take a season
1: off? like a couple months off? <laughs> Yeah, I
0: guess, I guess my brain thinks of seasons as like fall and spring, but that's like, um, that's like a marathoner's brain, I guess. But like, yeah, just like a season where you're just like, I'm just going to live my life and not have these like race expectations. Or is that just what you, that's just your way?
1: Uh, I love racing and training for something and, um, yeah, riding this wave while it's here. Um, but I will probably, since now I'm 34 and I get injuries, I <laughs> <laughs> I will uh, just be more conscious about um, definitely taking probably some months off this winter and then uh, easing back into it. And like last year, I tried to squeeze in 12 ultras, I think. And uh, this year have decreased that quite a bit just because it started to feel not sustainable. Um, so yeah, keeping maybe a lighter race load will be in the future.
0: Okay. You've already answered my end of the podcast questions because you were on the show last year. So I was trying to be creative to think of new ones, but I kind of fell short, but (laughs) I do know, I do know (sighs) that you enjoy a cold beer every so often. So I'd love to know what your favorite kind of beer is.
1: Oh, man. Lately, I've been drinking a lot of um, like the browns and the stouts and the pumpkin ales. So there's a new stout out from Sufferfest. That's really good. And there's uh, some great like face down brown from Telluride Brewing, I think is one of my favorite browns. So I'm on the dark beer train lately. Okay. I I love the Sufferfest shout out. Yeah. Have you had it?
0: I have, and also um, the founder, Caitlin, she was like one of my first podcast guests over three no years way. ago. Yeah, and then... An- oh, cool. I know, and then another cool story about her is, this is like crazy, Last so last February I was raising money for the Donna Foundation, which supports women that are battling breast cancer, and I was I had a goal to raise $10,000, and I I think I was at like nine, like just under nine thousand or something like that when I landed in Florida to like go to the event. So I was like doing this like last big push and like my plane landed. I got up, you know, get out your phone, look at all your notifications. And I had a donation for a thousand dollars and it was from her.
1: That's really cool. Isn't
0: that cool? And it just it tipped me over my ten thousand dollar goal. And like, I don't know, it was just and it was so it it felt so random to me. Like I hadn't communicated with her basically since she'd been a guest on my show. And it's like it's just crazy the human connection that you make through this kind of thing, yeah. like this podcast. Yeah. And like how generous of her, $1,000? Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. Well, and Sufferfest as a company is great and their beer is delicious. Um, so you should look for their, their... Do you like dark beers? Yeah. So their new stout is made with coffee and coconut water Ooh. and it's really tasty and refreshing and very uh fall and winter like
0: yeah and just like I have such a like weak spot for entrepreneurs and just like hearing her backstory of just I mean she totally built this from the ground up and to see it having all the success is just it's really awesome
1: yeah yeah that is really cool
0: okay Courtney what are you most excited about in 10 years what are you most excited about
1: 10 years. Yeah.
0: You can do two. You can, Maybe we'll start with one, five and 10. What's 44 year old Courtney doing? Oh gosh. In a perfect world. I have no world? idea.
1: Uh, hopefully being a good person. <laughs> <laughs> Setting high goals here. <laughs> still
0: racing or cheering people on? 10 years.
1: I hope to still be in the sport for sure. I don't know what that will look like necessarily, but I know I want to be a part of it in whatever way I can.
0: Do you think you'll ever go back to teaching? I'm not sure. We'll see. Yeah. You're a go with the flow kind of gal. All right. A 10 year plan. Yeah. Oh, my plan in 10 years.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What's your 10 year plan?
0: Um, or did you say that you weren't asking me about me? I am asking. Okay. Okay. Um, in 10 years. So in 10 years, my kids will be like 17, 15, 13 and 11. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'll probably just be like sitting at like a million soccer games every day.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, no, I mean, I want this podcast to continue on and, you know, I just launched a podcast network, so I'm bringing on other shows and I just, I don't know. I just hope that that continues to grow up. and I grow and I too hope to be a good person, Courtney.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that should be on everyone's list of their goals.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm just picturing lots of hours of, at soccer games,
1: but we'll see. At, at this rate, I mean, that's where I feel like it's going. <laughs> that's some fun ages, though. You'll be having a great time in 10 years.
0: I know, and my kids are all boys, and so I always think, like, at that phase, they're all going to be, like, starting to tower over me. Like, at least <laughs> two of them will be much bigger than me, I think, at that point.
1: And you'll just need, like, a Costco sized pantry 12 refrigerators
0: already need that yeah Yeah, for sure (laughs) okay we're gonna end with a question I'm making this up as I go but what has the sport of running given you how has it changed your life getting serious
1: oh geez (laughs) yeah well kind of like you were touching on like the connections you can make um so you're doing it through podcasting and running and various different things but I think this ultra community is, um, so special and, and the connections made while, um, yeah, I mean, going towards this common thing, like we're all trying to push ourselves to see what we can achieve and, and how our bodies can hold up and our brains and all of that. I I think it's really cool. And, uh, that is definitely a huge thing that running has given me.
0: I love it. Well, Courtney, thanks. Let's do this
1: again sometime. Can we? Yeah, it sounds like we should do it once a year once at least. Once a year,
0: yeah. Okay, yeah. so win a major race next summer again. <laughs> and we'll go to back and do bigs.
1: Oh, I'd love to. Yeah,
0: you were first female last year, so next year be the first overall. And we'll have you back on.
1: All right, no pressure. <laughs>
0: um, all right, seriously, thank you so much. And best of luck at the... 24 hour world championships. That sounds really fun. I hope we can, I hope someone covers it well so we can all follow along. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. Have a great fall. You too. Bye Courtney. See you. Thank you so much everybody for tuning in today. Thank you Courtney for sharing your story and coming on the show. You guys can follow Courtney all over social media. If you just search Courtney DeWalter, she is Courtney DeWalter on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626. You can find me on Twitter at lindsayhine, and you can find me on Facebook. I'll have another podcast with lindsayhine. We also have a group on Facebook right now, and there's a really fun thread going on where people are introducing themselves. Those are my favorite kinds of threads over there. If you just search groups, I'll have another podcast with lindsayhine. You can find that over there. All right, and some sponsor reminders. Go to another.aftershocks.com. And use the code ANOTHER to get $50 off an endurance bundle over there. And then check out Lily Trotters. Don't forget they're doing that pink power campaign to support the Donna Foundation. 15% of the pink sales will go to the Donna Foundation. And you can go to lilytrotters.com and use the code ANOTHER for 20% off your order. All right, friends. I really appreciate all of you being here. I'm looking forward to meeting a lot of you this fall at various events i will be in new york city and doing a live show friday november 1st from the new york roadrunners run center if you're gonna be in new york city pop into the run center it's at 1 p.m on friday and that's with sarah hall roberta Groner and kellen taylor and then the following weekend if you will be in indianapolis for the beyond monumental marathon i would love to meet you at the live event that i'm doing with dina caster and sally McRae. so Links to get tickets to both of those events will be in the show notes at lindseyhine.com. All right, friends, have a really great Friday. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, I will see you next Friday.